There's never been a better place or time in global history for beer quality and diversity right now than California. It's incredible. So California is like, I'm just so pumped to be here right now because the diversity of beer, the quality of beer, the energy around beer, the pioneering experimental beers. Like, is it just like the ingenuity? Is it the water? Is it the fresh no, ingredients? It's not, what it's is not, it? It's, it's not the water. It's just, it's just, it's the economy. It, and I don't mean like, you know, oh yeah, the stock market was up today. You know, not that. It's just the fact that like, it's the market. I shouldn't say the economy. The market. There's a market that is right for people wanting to support good beer brewing as well as interesting beer brewing right now in 2022 we have more beer styles that um, have been brewed in the world than you know 500 years ago there were way fewer styles 500 years ago so we, we just have more expressions of beer more combinations of ingredients you know 20 years ago within craft beer there were fewer breweries and the general quality or caliber of the brews was lower than it is now so there's just better breweries brewing more beers and the market is dense enough and, and supportive enough in California that it wants to buy and support a lot of these breweries. I'm not saying it's easy to be with these breweries. There's a lot of competition. Yeah. You know, the market's not just forking over all the money in the world, but still you can get great beer here. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I'm so jealous. I love living in Montana. There are a ton of great things about Montana, but the, just the beer diversity is not nearly what it can be you know what it is in california well it also kind of feels like there's a lot of beer is over is super saturated it's super difficult to open a brewery and be successful and i know that yeah it feels like in a lot of ways breweries have especially for people i think my age a brewery has really replaced a bar 65 i'm 75 years old (laughs) um but it feels like it's kind of replaced bars in a lot of like i i know very few people who want to go to a bar and i know obviously there are still people who want to do that sort of thing but i think for like a social environment the brewery really has become such an easier go-to i guess People I know who aren't even necessarily like big on beer, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. I can, I can, like I think more than ever, I can be like, hey, do you want to go to a brewery? It, it's, it's fun too. It's kind of, it's fun, you know, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. I think that experience. I think it just seems like people are a little more into that experience now than they were. Before. Like, I so think, it feels I like that's helped it you're, thrive. You're the choir. You're, you're preaching to your own choir, and people listening to this podcast are probably in the same boat. Yeah. You know, we all like yeah. this stuff. I think a lot of people are like, fuck that. I want a cocktail. I want seltzer i want something other than beer and i don't want to be in like a cold drafty brewery. well you guys live in la but like breweries in san francisco are pretty cold because the weather here is like constantly 60 degrees and windy so you know like people want something a little more polished but for our group our demographic we're, we're fine with it i think like millennials want something a little grungier. no i no i agree, on, on I, the whole. I, agree. I think they want that dirtier like grungier, oh, like more working well it also just it also just seems a little bit more because well, they're all working class you know because there's no class <laughs> mobility anymore. well it also makes you feel like you're you're like you're you're cut above you know what i mean i mean it, it can be a snooty kind of a thing oh the brewery well it's the opposite i mean i guess i'm just mr devil's advocate here but i think a lot of people are like you're going to a brewery like I, that's that's a cut below you know, but know we that, care about beer. We I care don't about know beer that I, yeah, I think I, I disagree. Know, with I don't you, know that Rich. I feel like that in L.A. I feel like it's. I feel like it's. Hey, you want to go to a pl- You know, yeah. you want to go to a brewery? Like we're not just. Let's not just go grab beer. I just, I just feel like in L.A. and even and down in San Diego, yeah. whenever I go, the crowd is just like, oh, do you want to go get a drink? The brewery is the place to go do that. I love this. It just is like a go-to more than yeah. so many bars. And again, I'm like so there's definitely a place for cocktail. And I don't mean snooty like I'm above you, but just kind of like I've got my my fingers on the pulse of 
of what's happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That kind of a thing. Like I'm in the in. Yeah. You're engaged with yeah. a culture. And a- yeah. I just think we, we need to remember that like we're in a bubble. We're in a, a beer bubble where sure. we actually care about this stuff and we're, we have a podcast about beer. Yeah. Like Jesus, that's so boring to a lot of people, I think. So no, keep that in mind. boring to nobody. <laughs> How dare you? But that's why I say like, I think it's kind of the people that I, I think it's, I, I gauge it by like the people that I know that aren't like super into beer or, yeah. or I don't think mm-hmm. of as in that bubble. I think they're more receptive to going to a brewery. And I don't yeah. know if that might well, be a SoCal thing. That might be LA, that might be San Diego, mm-hmm. but that, but I think I, I think it's a, it's such an easy sell to get, you yeah. know, whatever my wife's, my in-laws to go to a brewery well, or something. There's like something that. to be said but for also, it. Also seltz- seltzers also help. Seltzers are also a huge help. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of them do sell that. Yeah. But there's also like, there's a ad hoc aspect to it where it's like, there's not the pressure. I mean, usually there aren't, you know, it's not table service. Like you go up mm-hmm. to the to the bar to order. So there's just like the flexibility of that. And usually most breweries have a lot of different varieties. So there's something for everyone. And maybe there are a couple of food trucks outside. There's no pressure. You don't have to get food. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's a great place to bring the, the kids and the strollers and, and the dogs and stuff. Like, you know, it's come as you are. And I think there's something really, there's just a low barrier to entry for that, which is really nice and comfortable. And it makes it so a lot of brewery tap rooms are really just uh, hubs for the community and extensions of the, of the living room. You know, so that's, that's an excellent thing about them. At the same time, though, like sometimes I just want to go somewhere where I'm going to get taken care of. And even if they the place only has six beers on their menu, as long as they're good beers, I'm OK with yeah. that. If they're going to bring me food, I know I can trust. I don't have to like wait in a 30 person line at the food truck to get, you know, cardboard box of you know greasy tacos or something like that i, I don't mean to throw shade on tacos i actually adore tacos but you know just the, the quality can be all over the place with yeah. food trucks and a lot of them are great but sometimes it's just not what i'm mm. in the mood for they call me uh devil's advocate guy we need that guy there you're making faces yeah, what's a face i'm just trying to think of what i what i think about the do you like it what we're drinking i, I, I don't know yet huh? I'm I'm keep drinking. what are you drinking we're drinking a hazy we're drinking a hazy ipa from crowns and hops Brewing ah, cool. here in LA. Yeah, I hear good things about that. This one has like kind of almost like a, I don't know, like a creamsicle flavor. Yeah, to it's it. just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just very, it's very mild. It feels very it hazy. Yeah, I, I, the I, hazy I, side of a hand. Have they added vanilla and or lactose to it? Is it an intentionally sweet beer from lactose? No, I don't think so. Like, it doesn't vanilla? seem. I know a hazy is not going to be as bitter as like a, you know, straight up like. You know, IPA, but I just, I'm, I'm, I was bracing for some bitterness. But, I, you know, I also just got done drinking the Pliny, so. Yeah. I'll give it a second. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> bit of a palate record. Yeah. yeah. And Rich, what are you drinking? I have a little bit left over of my uh, Bottle Logic um, Electric Eden beer from uh, earlier today. I've been uh, drinking a bunch of beers today for work, so I've got some some stragglers, some uh, wounded soldiers. Great. And, um, yeah, I cannot believe how much I liked the Electric Eden. I mean, yeah. what the hell? It's it's everything I'm supposed to hate. Like it's big, it's sweet. I'm gonna admit, it's... multiple times we've ta- we've like ranted and raved about the brewery, which we do love or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we've done that um, like every show. We're yeah. officially they're they're free yeah. advertising. But, but but then but then we'll we'll stop recording, and then in my head, then I'll always have a moment where I'm like, oh, why don't I ever mon- mention Bottle Logic? Because they're another brewery that is right there in Anaheim area. I think they're around the corner from one of the brewery tap rooms, almost like down the street. And they do like a ton of awesome, interesting, especially like the pastry stouts mm-hmm. and dessert stouts that we had our whole long yeah. Randy drunk episode about last time. <laughs> like they do tons of great stuff. And so just to throw out another recommendation for a really great brewery that has, you know, some pricey, but I'd say worthwhile stouts. Well, I, I just have to, what was the name of the English pub we went to? We went to Yorkshire Square. Oh also, my. yeah, we should, we should catch up with Rich. Rich, I took Larry to, rich, a, rich, to, a, to, a, to, a, to a brewery that does a real ale. And I got some, I got some cast conditioned oh, beer. Cool. 
and and rich i think larry no but lay on me i think this is my favorite favorite beer favorite style of beer whoa well, whoa I, whoa whoa this is big words no, here. No, no you have to hear me well, there are no pickles in it well no right well first though? of all here here's here's what i have to say we first of all it was great because we had to drive a little bit but like you know all the beers the That's alcohol great. content isn't terrible so like you know we're okay. taking our time we're eating we're drinking we're enjoying the beer mm-hmm. but it's not like you stand up and you're like, holy God, you know, damn. Mm-hmm. But I realize mm-hmm. why I like, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here. I realize why I like beers like Old Speckled Hen or Boddington's. Like, I really love that kind of nitrogen infused mm-hmm. because it's, yeah. to me, that's what I would relate the cast condition stuff to. Just very soft, kind of yeah. warm. I mean, I uh-huh. I loved it since we since we went. I've been thinking I oh, need. I'm so glad. I've been thinking like I need to go back here. <laughs> I'm being dead. I'm being dead serious. I think that is my favorite style of beer. Wow. So what what beers were you drinking? We're drinking bitters and yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, ESB, yeah, yeah, ESB, like ESB, bitters. Um, um, I forget, I think I'm, I'm, I'm saying style. A, I just like I love a cast conditioned beer. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. I think, I know, was, I think yeah. there was also a pale ale. Was it? There was a pale. Was a, and what was the one he thought I wouldn't like? It was a oh, that was a saison or farmhouse. It was a farmhouse. Say he's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's and like, I don't know. Cask? Yeah, it and was it was cask, cask and yeah. it was oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was. Wonderful. Yeah, they have like a good slot. Yeah, Yorkshire Square is a cool. If you're anywhere near Torrance, um, near LA, head to Yorkshire Square if you want to try some like just really well done cask. Also, in the valley, in San Fernando Valley, is also a cloud. I will say, but everything from good. the temperature of the beer, mm-hmm. I just everything about it, and, and just, it was just kind of like a yeah. velvety. Yeah, I think the, there's like a funny thing to the experience though, where like when you're ordering them, and like when we're ordering them. The bartender does feel that like a lot of people go in and don't know what a cask ale is, and they yeah. like have to Caution, they have to kind of say it's warm and it's yeah it's different mm-hmm. and and even the farmhouse yeah. thing was like kind of like oh are you you want to try it? I think multiple beers we ordered he was like do you want to try this first and every time we try it and be like yeah oh, that's exactly, yeah, exactly give it exactly that's, exactly what what I want. that's what I wanted yeah. that's what You're I meant yeah. um, and so I do think it is like that's like a weird hurdle it's funny thing is you know Megan my wife she doesn't love the warmth the warm stuff and it just mm-hmm. seems and i'm like i don't know i can't part of what she wants out of the beer is the cold is part of it part of the experience that's is a cold fair. drink and yeah and, that's, and so i can't that's push it on a different her. different sort of beer, but it definitely is experience. like a different like mindset and i'm like oh god what an insane hurdle to have to get over obviously they the yeah. yorkshire you know has also sure. non-cast sure beers, non-cast yes and that helps a and, lot and, and those were great too but like i just think of like of all the things to have to sell people on in beer like cascales yeah that's a tough approach oh it's it is a tough yeah. sell i've been involved in a handful of bars and breweries that have done that and it's just mm-hmm. it's an uphill oh, road wow but so guys we have got to go to england or scotland especially well yeah. especially they're all amazing ireland all these places that have cast conditioned beer it's just like it's beautiful and cast conditioned beer is a living thing and it doesn't always come off right like it has to be cared for and if it's not cared for it's not going to taste as good and so if you go to the wrong pubs you need to like figure that out quickly and, and find a better pub there are all sorts of resources online for like the right pubs there's something called uh, whatpub.org it's a new website that's out that's put on by camera the campaign for Wales. Well, Stan, i think you mentioned that when you were talking about when you were in england recently yeah, yeah, I was just over there a couple months ago, and yeah, it's just so so. Whatpub.org like is this great resource online to, to help me figure out like which pubs have good real ale versus which pubs don't. But yeah, that stuff is just such an incredibly fun experience I, when you're when you're at a pub and it's like they know how to serve this stuff right, and they are carrying on the culture of this beer that's you know hundreds of years old, and it is like on, on its death deathbed basically because it's 
quote unquote warm and flat. It's not warm, it's not flat, but it's warmer and flatter. Than- <laughs> oh, I, I just <laughs> I just really enjoyed it. And and drinking it, I was like, oh, this, I mean, Old Speckled Hen is probably one of my favorite mm. beers, period. Like whenever I there, let me let me let me recommend another to you. I just had it a couple weeks ago for the first time. It's a big, easy, easily, you know, widely available beer. It's Bellhaven Scottish Ale. So Bellhaven is an old school brewery in Scotland, and they have a beer called Scottish Ale. And it's don't go for the Scotch, Scotch ale. ale. I mean, that Scotch Ale that we have, that, that, that's fine. It, it's not a bad beer. But, but Scottish Ale is a beer I hadn't had before. And it's kind of hard to find that style of beer in the U.S. Um, it's technically the same style of beer as Odell uh, 90 Shilling. So if you've had that, that's pretty widely available. Listen, I'm game. All right, let's kick it off. Guys, it's 2021, and this is Liquid Bread. Uh-huh. Uh, as always, I'm Maddie Smith, and with me are my buddy Larry Bates. Wait, you said it's 2021. God damn it. Yeah, that was not a joke. I, <laughs> I thought you were saying because like, the pandemic is messing with your mind. No. Apparently, the pandemic is messing with your Yeah, no, mind. I did say it because the pandemic is messing with my mind. Actually, not the bit that's messing with my mind. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, yeah. It's 2022, apparently. Now i got to change my notes. Unbelievable. Whoa. What happened? I had some work I had to turn in. Um, All right. Well, it's 2022. How about that, huh? And this is Liquid Bread. I got that part right. Uh, As always, I'm Maddie Smith. With me are my buddy Larry Bates. Who day? Who day? Let's go Bengals. Let's go Bengals. I'm a Bengals thing. He's a Bengals fan now. I'm a Bears fan. Um, Don't don't get it twisted. Sure. I heard what you said. Uh, Um, And my other buddy, Master Cicerone, our father who art in flavor, Rich Higgins. Oh, my God. Don't go I almost, <laughs> I almost spit my beer out of my mouth. <laughs> Rich, look at your face. You didn't like a it. Father who Is that controversial? Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> Remember, he doesn't celebrate Christmas. He hates Christmas. That's true. Oh, man. Don't bring this up. <laughs> this is supposed to be off the air. I've got so much hate mail. Bad boy of beer, Rich Higgins. One order of business. All right. So, you know, as we know, we always end every episode with happy bearing, and we're all very unhappy with that. Um, we'll keep it with the tasters. <laughs> Larry, I have right here, I have, I have okay. seven cards, numbered okay. one through seven. Okay. And on each card is a, a, new slogan? Is a sign-off slogan. Okay. So I'm just going to have you pick a number, and uh, then you're going to have to read it. The number the is already picked. What's the number? Number five. 34. Number five. <laughs> number five. All right. I'm, I'm taking number five out of the pile. Yeah, number five. I'm going to look at it. Okay, it's pretty good. Larry, what's the significance of number Well, five? I was born on May 5th, which is 5 5 77. If you add those sevens okay. together, you get 14. If you add that one and four together, you get five. There's five letters in Larry, there's you five letters me. in Bates. This is like the number 23. <laughs> five. The Walter Payton 3 4, what comes after that? Five. So the numbers I was in uh, when I played football, number five. And when I wasn't number five, I was number 23. Add those, that's five. It's all about the five. Five is the number. Okay, in the future, I'll find some other way to mark <laughs> the cards because it sounds like you're just going to always pick yeah. five. Um, but I'm going to set that card to, uh, to the I've side. Thought, I've was... thought about it a lot, Rich. You see, you see how quick I came with that answer? Larry, that was impressively crazy. I did not know this yeah. side of you. <laughs> you have this ready. Yeah, you, yeah. You, five is it's yeah, everything was, uh, is five. That's your model. That's what your audition model. I'm one, my, I, as far as my, my siblings, I am one of five. Come on. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to set that aside. Can your mic drop? I have four, at the, I have four at the end of the episode, Larry, I'm going to let you read that to, to sign us off, whatever you picked. Okay? I don't get to see it beforehand, so I can practice? No. Okay, cool. I love it. <laughs> it's spontaneous. Hey, it's number five. You it's don't exciting. need to see it. Number five. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's lovely. It's lovely. I'm going to use like, colors in the future or something. Bears. Oh, God. Bears. I'm not going to orange and blue. B-E-A-R-S. 
five. No, okay. Get this, out of Dodge City. This is not the five podcast. <laughs> um, so this also, is how cults start, I think. It's, okay, so we got a new year. This is our first episode of the new year. We're uh, moving on from the five thing. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, you asked me, goddammit. And I was asking you guys, and Rich, we'll start with you. What are your beer resolutions for 2022? Ooh. What are your plans for the year? Is there any goals? Any strategies? Any hopes? Ooh, strategy. Rich? I'm excited about I'm excited about getting out and traveling some more. You know, like we're sorta of winning against the pandemic. We're sorta of losing. Who knows? Uh I'm sick of the back and forth and I'm just getting out on the road more and um it feels great. And so far I've been fortunate enough to not come down with a nasty case of COVID. So I want to do my best to um yeah, keep going out and visiting breweries and restaurants that are serving good beer and make this stuff matter to me again because uh, yeah, just sitting cooped up at home is uh, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I cannot wait to to get out on the road some more. And uh, I'm currently in San Francisco and loving it and trying all these lovely beers. And it's been too long. I, so I was in San Francisco for one day and I'm I'm walking down uh, the street to go to a uh, to go to Papalote to get some salsa. And I was like, oh yeah, right next to Papalote is uh, Barrelhead Brewhouse in um, out in uh, I don't know what you call it. I guess Nopa is the neighborhood. Um, and so I, right as I decide I'm going to go to Barrelhead, um, the uh, car cut, um, drives in front of me and all of a sudden screeches to a stop. And it's Ivan, the the brewmaster, the, the owner of the place. And he's like, he rolls rolls down the window. He's like, Rich, what are you doing in town? You know, it's been it's been years. Like, wow. you know, how's it going? Awesome. And of course, he's got like a bunch of kegs in the back of his car. <laughs> like he's just he's just working. And I was like, oh man, Ivan, <laughs> it's great to see it. Like it just I just miss these connections, these yeah. personal connections, and. Uh, yeah, it's all it all comes down to yeah, all comes down to beer. So yeah, that was, that's your that's your spot, man. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I feel like happy that I was able to kick it with Rich and his wife. In, I'm being serious. San Francisco no, I, is I between the it's food, fun, the beer. Like they don't play. Rich and Phoebe don't play, man. They do <laughs> not play. <laughs> now, Larry. Yeah, go ahead. Without what? What's my? Without uh, discussing the number five, what okay. is your 2022? Be your resolution. Oh man! You know, twenty twenty one adds up to five. Twenty twenty two is only one number. Rich, above how five. dare you? Oh, I know it was, it was good, a good year before. I will say, man, I, <laughs> uh, just to drink, just to, <laughs> to drink. go back to Yorkshire Square, bro. No, well, yes, just to drink and enjoy, just to drink and enjoy it. That's it. Well, yes. Yeah, so, so, so expand a little on that. Like, talk to me about enjoying it. So, what 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 are the keys? To, to enjoy your drinking experiences, what matters to you? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously the beer makes a difference, but to me, it's 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 all about the company. It's all about the people. I mean, that's more right. than anything. Like me and Maddie went to the the English pub, and that was great. But and the beer was good. But the coolest thing was chopping it chopping it up with Maddie and drinking, and you know, being outside, and then going. Oh, we were sitting around that fire pit. I mean, those things. The it, the relationships are always the thing that yeah. that matters the most to me. So. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. I mean, I will drink alone. Well, also, also we're moving. <laughs> I have no we're problem. Also I have no problem. I finished that. I have with. no problem doing that, but I prefer. It turns out I'm my own best company. So <laughs> Let, let's cut to the chase. But I, pre- I just prefer. I, you know, I just, I just, I like people, man. I like experiences. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Anyway, what's your what's your um, Maddie, How about you? What you is know, your, my resolution? This yeah. is going to sound I don't know too uh, I don't know social, social justice. So. Is she behind yeah, me? Yeah, she's behind. I want to seek out breweries that have a mission, um, and I think one of those main missions is environmentalism. I know this is 
hokey in certain ways, but um, but I really it's appreciate hokey, breweries that have look bad. <laughs> it's a it's passive aggressive. But, but I was just, yeah. but this is the one thing because even you know we've talked about like Pure Project down there in in San Diego that we Great. like a lot and they have a little bit of that. We are drinking Crowns and Hops, which yeah. is a black owned brewery. I think I I am interested. I'm generally interested in stories. I mean I'm I am the guy who likes looking up stories and hopefully they're somewhat accurate and telling them on this podcast <laughs> before I weigh in. Or <laughs> Rich tells me what's wrong with it. And I, and I, and I like looking up these breweries, you know, whatever that mission is, but just having some sort of mission beyond like, even just beyond just making good beer. Beer is for me is like the, you know, whatever the, the uh, social history major in me wants to look up what the effect of, of these breweries are, what they're really trying to do um, in their community and what the story behind them is. Um, And so that's what I'm going to be on the lookout for. And hopefully I'll find some that I can share. Um, but that's kind of my that, general goal that I was thinking of. That's that's beautiful, Maddie, and and I think it, it illustrates a, a couple different things. The, the resolutions we have here. One is that beer, you know, frankly, it is the end or the goal. You know, like the beer just tastes good. You yeah. know, good beer. It's just like, oh man, this stuff tastes good. Let's let's be here now. Okay, be in the moment and enjoy what what uh, is in the glass. And what's what you're putting in your mouth. And then the second aspect of that, a second lens to look through is. The fact that beer is a means to an end and it, the end could be socializing. It could be a good, you know, social mission or environmental mission, you know, helping the community. Um, you know, it helps transport you, you know, so obviously, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back to, to tasting these things like in person, wh- wherever I travel. Uh, however, like a good glass of beer takes me somewhere anyway, you know, so, and you guys going to Yorkshire Square Brewery, you know, took you to England for a brief moment. So, you know, beer is not just the goal. It is also the sort of the, the means to the end. So yeah. I think it's it's a beautiful thing for that reason. I think it's why we love the drink rather than just enjoy drinking it. Like I think, yeah. I don't think, I think if it was just some we tasty. enjoy it. We love it. <laughs> I think it was just some tasty thing alone and that was it. I don't think we'd all have quite the, the emotional investment that we do in it. But speaking of this thing that we like to taste, now we can actually get to the subject of the podcast, which is when it tastes a little off. Oh, I forgot um, about this part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to pull about, up this. Pull we're talking about off flavors. <laughs> but this is just kind of a general subject that like, I think is really useful to have from a starting point of, I don't want to dissuade people from like supporting bars or whatever and stuff like that. But sometimes you go to a bar and you have a beer and it tastes a little bit weird yeah. or a little bit off. And it's just kind of good to know about those sorts of signs. I think multiple times on this, you know, when we've done a taster, Larry would be like, Rich, are you sure we shouldn't be tasting like green yeah. apple? <laughs> yeah. And then like at the end, like Rich, who's like been kind of nice and polite, you know, that also could be an off flavor. That could yeah. be something wrong with the beer itself. Or like mm. a tomato and, soup. Yeah. And I and I don't want to like get a little earworm in there and yeah. make people paranoid about off flavors or like notice them well, too much the make them hate them. But it is it is nice earworm to earworm is a flavor that you gotta worry about <laughs> in these beers. There's earworm and there's cat pee. Delicious so earworm, delicious cat pee. He's doing this. That's right. Let's go super basic rich. Like what is mm-hmm. an what is an mm-hmm. off flavor? Well an off flavor is a at its even more basic, it's a flavor. Okay. And so what is a flavor? Uh a flavor is primarily we're talking about molecules, like it's specific compounds that have an aroma, uh, sometimes they have a taste like, you know, maybe they're a little bit sweet or a little bit bitter or something like that. But in general, it's primarily just aromas, okay? And some of these aromas, like if you if you like a beer, if you like a West Coast IPA because it smells like grapefruit and, uh, and, you know, tropical fruit and all that, those are aromas. Those are really good in that sort of beer. But if you get those, if you get like tropical fruit aromas in, you know, an English style bitter or an English style porter or something like that, you know, they're not 
inherently bad flavors, inherently bad aromas, but they're not really appropriate in that style yeah. of beer. And so um, in that style, we would say, yeah, they're distracting, they're strange, they're, they don't really fit here, they're out of place. Uh, and so you might consider them an off flavor or off aroma. There are some flavors that are so universal, I shouldn't say universally, so commonly objectionable or disliked that we really don't want them in pretty much any style of beer. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's that's really what we're talking about when we get into off flavors. So uh, a, a really important one that we talk about in beer all the time is called diacetyl. Okay, that's a very common one. And it is, it's a compound. Okay, it's technically a vicinal diketone is the, is the type of organic molecule that it is. And it happens to smell to most people like butter. Mm-hmm. All right. So and we've had that. Have, we've had, that's one we've had before. Yeah. Just in yeah. tasting, we've said like, oh, there's like a butter. It's like butter. Yeah. It, it does come up. It does come up. Um, it sounds gross in beer, right? It's a, it's a really polarizing, not polarizing. It's just it. people immediately have like this knee jerk reaction. Like, ew, well, gross. Yeah. I don't want. Well, I don't I'll want say that's the thing beer. that I taste. I, I mean, I, 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 I am most. <laughs> in tune to that yeah yeah i I will go oh this is buttery yeah well guess what though yeah do you like uh going to the movie theater and getting popcorn i think that's why i'm so in tune to it because i love popcorn (laughs) and i love extra extra butter on it do you like butter in general do you like brown butter do you like um you know croissants with butter in them and all that like butter this aroma is a great aroma that we Mm. enjoy in places outside of beer in its proper form i'm fine with it but proper it's the place, fact that yeah. like yeah it's proper place i'm fine with it but the, the mm-hmm. fact is like when i'm expecting something and go ooh, that's buttery and you know rich i always want to go say hey yeah this is off but i get i get nervous because i don't know yeah. that the people who are serving me understand and i also I don't want you. i also don't want to come off as like a as, as a dickhead no, you do what i do you keep it inside you stew yeah. you stew on it and you just, just, you just pound the it, beer. You just take it home and you internalize it all. And you just yeah, you, you drink that beer. You then, tip them very well. And then you just never. Then never you just lash lash out in your diary. Yeah, and you okay? just rant at home. To yeah, yourself. rip rip your diary a new one. Larry's Larry's getting to a point here that we I don't want to forget. We got to we got to address this. How how do you return a beer if you think there's an off flavor? Okay, I look at it more as like let's not identify the off flavor and and nitpick because Larry, you're right. A lot of bartenders, a lot of a lot of servers. Uh, they're not that knowledgeable about it. And that's not, you know, the end of the world. They're there to be hospi- hospitable. Okay. Yeah. You're there for hospitality. So they should be there to make sure that you're enjoying what you're having. And if you're returning 15 beers and, you know, you'd say your pizza was terrible and your dessert was terrible. And you're just trying to get comped, trying to get a lot of free food and free beer. That's shitty. Okay. So don't do that. But uh, if there's a flavor in there that you don't like, Maybe it's an off flavor or maybe it's not. Like, are you a thousand percent sure that you're right? Am I a thousand percent sure that I'm right when I return something? There are a lot of variables here. So I don't I don't try to come over the top and say like, oh yeah, this beer is loaded with diacetyl. It's a visceral diketone. It's a disaster. It's a flaw that developed during fermentation. Or maybe there was some hop creep that developed it back again. Or maybe the your draft lines are dirty. They've got all sorts of bacteria in there. Like don't diagnose shit, okay? Just say, you know what? I'm sorry, this beer is really not for me or I'm really not in the mood for this. It's not exactly what I thought. Is it possible to switch this out? So don't say the okay, shit tastes. So don't I'll, say this don't taste right. This sucks. Don't this say well, don't, sucks. don't say uh, yeah. This ain't tasting right. Say this, this beer sucks, but I'm gonna drink it. This this don't taste right. I would say don't assign blame. Don't mm-hmm. don't make it their fault. Yeah, uh, and and just make it sort of the issue that like you know you want to be satisfied. You, you're there to pay money for beer and and have a good time. So you know make sure that you're just civilized about it. Um, and probably you know, don't so, drink so, like half of it before you. 
tell yeah, them. Yeah, but some, that looks but some, bad. But, some, <laughs> but here's the thing, and, and, and I'm, you obviously don't drink half of your beer and give it back, but I'm saying, but sometimes you're drinking sometimes it and you're, you're not like, sure. Yeah, I know. Like, well, that's I all the think time. That's, and then it's like sometimes you're like four sips in and go, yeah, it's this, this beer is off. But what I'll generally well, do a lot of these, is just drink it. A lot of these aromas come out at warmer temperature. Okay, so if you're halfway through your beer, your beer is probably warmer than it was when it was first served. Mm. So you might not notice till halfway through. So if it's something that's really affecting your experience at the bar or at the restaurant, you know, you can say something. And it's uncomfortable. You know, we don't like to be, well, most people don't like to be confrontational and you don't want to tell a restaurant or a server that they're wrong. But at the end of the day, if you really are going to be unhappy unless you get the right beer, try to switch it out. If you can, you know, Look at look at this way. There are a lot of options. You know, you can just buy another beer. Just don't finish the the beer you have, or do what I often do, which is big gulp beers. It's big gulp time, okay? <laughs> because what happens is you experience these aromas because they're aromas. You experience them when you breathe out, primarily when you breathe out through it. your nose after you take a sip. Got it. So instead of taking a beer that's gross and you want to drink it, but it's got a little bit of something gross in it, instead of taking ten sips. And breathing out after each of take those, three. take three sips. Okay, but, so you say, but none of this stuff is bad for you. None of these off layers are are bad for you. Bad they're for not, your stomach. They're not unhealthy. No, they're not unhealthy in the in the quantities that we get them. Also, a lot of them are produced by things that don't sound very good. Okay, so unhealthy yeast, wild yeast, bacteria, things like that. That doesn't sound real good. However, just know that no no beer has dangerous bacteria in it. Okay, every beer is acidic every well even so non-alcoholic beers don't have alcohol but they're still wildly acidic i shouldn't say wild because that's that's misleading they're very acidic for for most bacteria okay for for uh, spoiling like bacteria that'll, that'll make you sick mm. so the alcohol and the uh the hops and the acidity will keep your beer from making you sick the thing that will make you sick is too much alcohol and over imbibing so that's your own that's your own fault um, yeah, so yes, there's uns- unsightly things and there are th- things that don't sound so good, but just get comfortable with yeah. it because there's bacteria and yeast everywhere, every yogurt and kimchi and, uh, you know, miso you've ever had and, uh, yeah, butter. So butter is cream that gets cultured, okay? The culture we're talking about is bacteria, okay? So cream doesn't smell like butter until bacteria gets in there and creates a butter aroma. And all of a sudden you like it as butter. And cream is good without butter aroma. So these aren't bad things happening. They're just changing slightly and fermenting and culturing. And so the same sorts of stuff happens in beer. Like you said, I know you can hit it. That's about the yeast. What exactly is it that causes the diacetyl off flavor? Well, yeah. So there are a lot of different sources. And what I just finished saying was things like bacteria. Um, there are a lot of sources of off flavors that are just natural and inherent to the beer production mm-hmm. process. So every single beer you have ever drunk in your entire life, every single beer that's ever been made before had a lot of diacetyl in it at one point. I see. It is an, uh, it's a product, it's a byproduct of the regular fermentation cycle. So fermentation um, is yeast consuming sugars and creating things like alcohol. I assume you want that in your beer. Uh, things like um, other kind of good flavors sometimes it certainly makes makes co2 so you want that in your beer Um, it can make good flavors like fruity flavors or spicy flavors things like that but it can also make this butter flavor diacetyl and that's not typically something you want in your beer and after it is done with its 
primary fermentation of making all the alcohol. Then the yeast is like, well, shit, the party's over. You know, it's time to clean up. And so they start to consume some of these flavors that they made that aren't really particularly enjoyable flavors. So diacetyl, the butter flavor, mm. another one called acid aldehyde, which is uh, kind of a green apple or yeah, cut pumpkin bad. flavor. It smells like green apple, smells like cut pumpkin, smells like uh, latex paint sometimes. Um, yeah. When my ass is, I think for like these, it's a look at, oh, was this something wrong in the production of the beer? the storage mm-hmm. of the beer or in the service of the beer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you sort of become like a flavor whisperer. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot of my job. And I, I try to be able to pick up and, you know, pick up on or be sensitive to every flavor in every beer. And it's, you know, a Sisyphus, wow. Sisyphus, wow. Sisyphus. Sisyphian process. Are we burning tape? Let's go. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's an impossible process to do because you can't get every flavor. But mm-hmm. um, when you figure out good flavors you like, you're like, oh, this is cool. I know what this is from. These are from these hops that were added at this time. And you know, the brewery did a good job doing this. Or other flavors that you might not like, you can sit and say, all right, yeah, this was produced by rushed brewing. Okay, I had a beer today that had a lot of diet, uh, sorry, acetaldehyde, which is the green apple flavor. And one of the causes of that is not allowing um, the fermentation to finish out. So not allowing the yeast time to to break down that acetaldehyde and turn it into flavors or, or compounds that don't have any flavor. Okay. Another source of that though is beer that's too old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So alcohol can eventually break down if the beer is particularly old, especially if it's warm stored. Mm-hmm. And in nine months, year and a half, something like that, you know, beers that are pretty long in the tooth that alcohol can start to break down into acetaldehyde. I was going to say, that's the one that we have a lot. And I think it's yeah. typically seems like it's a storage thing. Cause it'll be, you know, I'll go to a chain store that will not be named that has warm shelves that it sits out on a lot. <laughs> it was probably sitting there a long time. And then Larry and I are tasting. I was like, Oh, we get green, we get apple, a little green apple. Well, where I'm going with that though, is that the beer I had today, I thought was an older beer. I thought it had been sitting on the shelf for a while because this flavor is more common I, I, I took a gamble and assumed it was an older beer. But then when I looked at the date on the can, it was only three weeks old. Oh, So immediately I was like, uh-oh, I know that this is a fault of the brewery. It's not a fault of the supply chain. Okay. And so this brewery, and it was a lager. Okay, so lager is a, you know, obviously a type of beer, but the yeast that produces lagers takes, it's a slow acting yeast. And so it takes a long time to produce a lager and allow that yeast to consume all that acid aldehyde. So you can deduce right? that they rushed it. They they did not. I think they it. rushed it. They rushed yep. it. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Um, and that's a bummer, you know? Yeah. And so so knowing what that flavor is and getting a few other data points like the the date on the can and the fact that it's lager yeast, I now have a pretty good hunch of what is, you know. Gotcha. This beer was released in mid-January. So, you know, sometime around Christmas time when they started brewing it, they should, you know, they shouldn't have released it mid-January. They should have released it in, you know, February 1st. So, you know, you can kind of sleuth these things out. And is it that, is, is it like two weeks? Is it a month? I mean, like, is it that? It depends. You know, there are a lot of different things at play, but overall, lager yeast typically takes about five to six weeks to produce a beer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's a long time to wait between brew day and making money on that beer. I okay, see. So for breweries, I see. breweries are always tempted to, to get beer out the door more quickly. And with an ale that takes three weeks, it's easier to get a return on mm-hmm. that investment than a lager that takes six weeks to ferment. I know, like you said, the ales and ales and lagers, different amounts of times to ferment. And so it would be different times between them. But does that off flavor manifest basically in the same way for both? Like, is it the same kind of green apple yeah. Jolly Rancher flavor that appears in both kinds? Like, is Well, that, the- that's the sensory side of things. It's the same okay. um, molecule. 
Okay, so the, the pure science of it, it's an acetaldehyde molecule. I don't know, I'm not enough of a chemist to know, like, you know, the, I can't like map out that molecule, draw that molecule, but it's the same thing. However, okay. it will show itself differently based on a lot of different kind of the chaos of what's in a beer. And so if there's acetaldehyde in an, in an imperial stout that's flavored with apples, it's going to maybe be hidden, okay? Or an imperial stout that has no apple flavor, it might show up, but it's also going to show up more readily in a pilsner that has a lot less intensity of flavor to begin with. So yeah, these things are different. And that's why, and, and the other thing is not only are they different sensorially in the beer, but everyone has a different um, index basically, or, or like Rolodex, I should say, of references of these flavors. So if I say acetaldehyde is green apple, if you've never had a green apple, this is a worthless exercise. Mm -hmm. Okay. And also a lot of people, when they think of green, of green apple, they think of sour, but the fact is acetaldehyde has no bearing on sourness or sweetness or anything. It's, it's only an aroma. It's not a taste. I see. So that's why I try to describe these things in, you know, with a few descriptors. Mm -hmm. So like to some people, acetaldehyde is cut pumpkin, meaning as soon as you cut into a squash or a pumpkin, it's like that fresh burst of, of, of aroma that comes from that. To some people, they're sensitive to it in, in latex paint that gets like, you know, you walk into a room that's just been painted. It's been, you know, that, that paint has that, that aroma. And then for a lot of people, it's green apple, especially green apple Jolly Rancher, green apple candy. That's the, the primary flavoring in that. So that candy has green food coloring. It has some sort of acid added to it to make it sour. And it has sugar. And then it has acid aldehyde. So now, those are the main things. And, and I'm seeing that it's not generally acceptable in, in um, most beers, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah, it's not something you want. But, you know, there's some of these flavors are acceptable in some styles. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're hallmarks of certain sure, sure, styles. Sure. But I guess the question, I guess the other question I'm having is, is and I, I know you're a sommelier too. There are some like I really like a, a, a Pinot Noir, and sometimes a really good Pinot Noir will kind of have like a a nice kind of Jolly Rancher. Like you can get a little hint of that in it. That is is that okay? Is that a different thing, or is that because of well? The, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think there's a ton of crossover with that aroma in most wines. So okay. if that's, you're that's, Jolly that's, Rancher, that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. It, it, so but, it's, it's but I'm tip. talking about apple Jolly Rancher. Okay. I'm not talking about all Jolly Rancher. Okay, got it, so, got it, got it, got it. So got like it. if you get candied cherry, cherry Jolly Rancher or something, you might get that out of Pinot Noir. I got you. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get at. Also, you like so, Jolly Rancher brand wine, right? <laughs> is, no. your, is your brand? No. What is that? That's, Jolly Rancher. I've wine. never heard of that. Is that a real thing? No. No, no it's totally real. <laughs> yeah, they sell. They, they serve it in Hasbro. No, no. Glasses. I just I just love a good Pinot, and uh, you know, mm. one of the things about Pinots that I the uh, the flavors that I get, like if, if it's like a sometimes you get like a good cigar kind of. Yeah. flavor kind well, of a mm -hmm. smoky i love sure. that and also if you get like a little bit of a jolly rancher but you're right it's not a green apple yeah. that i'm getting well but let's let's talk about diacetyl again so the butter flavor um i'm talking about i've, I've mentioned that it's produced by yeast during fermentation and the same yeast is used in both wine and beer i mean there's some there's some differences but so diacetyl is produced in wine and it's also produced in beer and then it's supposed to uh get cleaned up after that fermentation but I'm also talking about it being produced in butter, okay? And so it's produced in butter by bacteria, not by alcoholic fermentation yeast. And so that same bacteria lives in the air. And so it can produce, it can add that butter flavor to cream, but it can also produce that butter flavor in beer if the beer gets dirty or in red wine, especially at room temperature, if it's exposed to the air. But that's so a diacetyl. What, what happens? That's the, the Jolly Rancher comes from the, um, the acid, what do you call it? 
Acid aldehyde. Yeah, Larry, we're done with the Jolly Rancher. We moved on. Uh, from okay. Jolly we're back <laughs> to. Right. I, th- I thought okay. you were still on me. Sorry, my um, bad. No. Okay, so then to get oh, so I guess, but, but part of that but relating to the wine thing, it seems like like these off flavors are are, are very beer specific, like are part of the beer the brewing process. Or yeah, the or the beers. Yeah, I mean they they be part of the the packaging process, the fermentation process. Yeah. You know, so just to wrap this up, I think a lot of people are sensitive to diacetyl in barrel ferment or barrel aged uh white wines like chardonnay so you talk about an oaky chardonnay okay and a lot of that is people um some people love it or they hate it but because they're sort of buttery and mm-hmm. creamy mm-hmm. and that is a lot of diacetyl that's being produced during malolactic fermentation in the oak uh and that's really readily noticed in a lot of white wines but it's not easily noticed in red wines because red wines typically have a lot more um more flavors overall, more intensity of certain flavors. And so the diacetyl can get sort of buried in there, but every beer or sorry, every wine that gets uh, oak aged is really um, prone to, and especially if it's malolactic fermentation is really prone to having diacetyl be produced in it. And so a lot of red wines, I drink red wines all the time that have diacetyl in them. And I don't know that it's truly acceptable, but I think it's something that's not really noticeable by a lot of people. And so it's not really something that gets talked about in wine. It's this like bugaboo in beer, but it's a big deal in wines too. And, it, and it's just not discussed. So keep in mind that diacetyl is, if it's produced by bacteria, it's something that's in common in a lot of beers, wines, butter, all sorts of foods. Um, Cause this bacteria is happy to go anywhere and consume some of these, some of these sugars and turn it into, uh, turn it into diacetyl, into the butter flavor. So we have the butter flavor. We have the green apple, Jolly Ranchery flavor. Um, another common flavor that I feel like we've experienced on the podcast sometimes with tastings and I've definitely had before is the paper cardboard mm, off flavor. Mm, sad. Yeah. So this is actually common with acetaldehyde because it's produced, um, from oxidation, which typically implies age and warm storage, age and warm storage of beer, uh, increases the both rate of oxidation, but also the rate of alcohol breakdown into acetaldehyde. So you get the green apple thing with old beers, especially like I get this all the time on German imports. I actually get it on Guinness a lot too. So beers that get sent over from Europe, takes a long time to get here from Europe and then they sit on shelves warm. You know, they, they're just, they're, if you keep them cold and you move them quickly, you, you're not gonna be at as much risk of, of these off flavors developing. But with time and heat, that's bad for beer. And I'm not talking about heat, like, you know, 150 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm talking just like warm storage, room temperature storage. Uh, but especially in the summertime, if something, you know, if something sits on a truck or a warehouse dock for too long, you know, at like 80 or 90 degrees, that's not good. And so the newspaper thing um, is something called trans two non and all or E2 non and all. They're, they're not isotopes. I guess they're just different names for the same molecule. It's an aroma that is produced from plant materials oxidizing okay there are a lot of different plant materials out there like if you burn a log and you get all that smoke and all that stuff that's a that's a type of oxidation but it doesn't smell like newspaper but if you're talking about wood pulp turning into paper or newspaper that's that aroma and you don't necessarily think of paper or newspaper having a lot of aroma but the aroma that it has is primarily trans to non and all and it smells papery and you get that same thing from cereals things like barley and wheat Mm. Uh, oxidizing in beer. And so you, if you ever smell paper or newspaper or shoebox, cardboard, wet cardboard, things like that in a beer, that is oxidation in a beer. And it's irreversible. There's no way to fix it. And it only accelerates with um, with heat and time. So if you get a little bit of it and you got a lot of these beers and you're excited about these beers, 
Drink them now. Drink them yesterday, okay? Because there's no way to reverse them. There's no way to save them. Yeah. So it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> I've drunk. The other one that I get more than anything is that metallic flavor of like pennies in the mouth or like a blood. I'm saying blood, but you know, but just like just very metal. A lot of times at the store, sometimes it can it can be weird because I'll buy like a six pack and one beer will be so clean. And then the next one, I'm like, I am getting a ton of metal. That's the, Mm -hmm. I will say that even more than a diacetyl. I'm like, ugh, this tastes like metal. It's gross. I hear you, man. Yeah. It's tough. The primary source of this, it's not just packaged beer. It's not only bottled beer, Mm -hmm. it's also draft beer. There was a time when cans tasted, cans made beer taste metallic. Nowadays, cans uh, are made from aluminum, not tin or steel. So it's, it's a less reactive, it's more stable metal. Um, but also they're they're lined with um, plastic liners, which are recyclable, thank goodness. Um, but still that uh, it is plastic and it does end up um, fortunately protecting the beer from the metal of the can. But there's a possibility, excuse me, I'm burping here. I've had too much beer, not too much beer. I've had just the perfect amount of beer. Um, but there's uh, metal in uh, the bottle caps um, that are on uh, bottles and they're protected uh, with a sort of a plastic liner on the underside of the bottle cap, but it's possible that the beer is eventually going to erode away some of that plastic. And so that's one reason you want to store your bottles upright. It's because if you store them on their sides, the beer is going to interact with the metal on the bottle cap that much more. Uh, and then the other thing for draft is, um, you know, it's really stainless steel is really a very hard metal and it's non-reactive. And so you're not going to pick up metal from stainless steel. However, it's pretty expensive. And so there are non-stainless steel uh, things that attach to the kegs. They're called couplers as well as the faucets, the actual things that, you, you know, what we call taps most of the time, but the, you know, the bartender pours the beer out of the faucet. Those are frequently not made of stainless steel. And so what happens is when they're um, dinged up during, you know, during service, you're changing a keg and you, you, you bang the coupler around a little bit mm. and you might scuff it a little bit and expose more metal on it um, to the beer or the faucet gets cleaned with a, uh, with a metal brush or something, you know, someone's cleaning the inside. Hopefully they're cleaning it. They're not always clean, but they should be cleaned. Jeez. And when they're, if you're too rough, when you're <laughs> cleaning it, you can expose more metal inside and scratch it up. And then the beer, as it goes, flows through these parts, it's, it's a carbonated acid is what beer is. And it just dissolves metal really, really readily. And so you end up with met, metal flavor in your beer. And it sucks. I mean, I, obviously, you know, there's always levels to this and you never totally know. But I'm like, if I'm tasting a little bit of metal in this beer of this place, Rich, I guess is more maybe a personal thing. Do I, am I like, oh, I shouldn't come back to this place. This place doesn't do well. Or is this like kind of something that can, oh, this can just happen one, once or twice. This can happen sometimes. Man, it's not really a cleanliness issue. Um, so like the hygiene is fine. It's just, it's a physical like mm-hmm. beating up of the equipment. Okay. And it, it's most of the time it's accidental, it's unintentional. Uh, and so a bar, say they've got 20 draft lines and only one or two of the faucets are scraped up. Just don't order the beers on yeah. those faucets, you know, and whether you're able to really figure out which faucets okay. are I messed see. up yeah. or not. Just to say, it's but not it's like, possible. it's not necessarily a sign of like, like total they're, neglect. They're terrible. And no, yeah, we're not, not a shitty dive. That it's not a lack of hygiene. But is it crazy when I tell you that sometimes I will buy a six pack and like no, Larry, every you, beer in there can be. Like one may be just super clean and one is like, I, this is, ugh, this is so metallic. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, 
the underside of a bottle cap has this plastic liner on it. You know, what you uh, listeners at home can't see is this amazing footage of me showing Larry the <laughs> underside of a bottle cap through yeah, my Zoom. You can here. find a bottle cap, pick it up. Yeah, imagine. Look at just imagine the underside of the bottle cap. You know, this this plastic liner gets affixed to it, but the machines that make these bottle caps, they're doing, you know, millions of these an I hour, see, you know, I and see, so I it's see. possible that you know, a 0.1%, you know, like deviation or something on this exposes just a little bit of metal. And so that one beer that got that bottle cap gets more metallic than others. But it's definitely also temperature, temperature too. keep in mind, if you're drinking the beer warmer, say that you have two beers, they have the exact same amount of metal ions in them that are potentially going to promote off flavors. If you drink one at 38 degrees or 40 degrees, you drink the other one at 50 degrees, you're going to notice it more in the 50 degree one. So these these aromas become more volatile at, at warmer temperatures. But, but this is also just a flavor that happens because of that, not I- anything to do with uh, with brewing the, the brewing process. Yeah, it's a packaging thing, or or the the equipment for draft equipment. Perfect, for, for perfect, draft perfect, perfect. Okay, so in our in our off flavor fantasy draft now, I've got. Larry's, well, like got, Larry's, draft, Larry's, draft got, Larry's got Larry's got buttery. Oh, it, it is now. It is a pun now. Larry's got buttery and I metallic. Say, I say diacetyl and metallic yeah. even more than the yeah, green apple. Even more got, than the green and apple. And I've got I've got green apple. I've got green apple, acetaldehyde, and uh and that papery uh at two non and all. Mm. Trans two, mm. E two non and all. I'd say um, number three next, for me. My next pick. Go, go, no, tell me yours, and I'll take mine. My next pick is, and five. you guys know I'm a big fan of this. Okay. We just did metallic. So no, no, I know. I'm not saying no, I'm going next. I'm just saying I, I got my third. A, this is a snake no, you draft. draft. This is a two-person snake draft. No, no. guys, this isn't. Don't make this personal. I'm gonna. This is my. I mean, we all know it's light is the enemy of the beer. Okay. So I was gonna say light struck, and I think this mm. is like a very easy. I think this is one that I've recognized a lot, and I think I've seen. Mm. Like I think sometimes people drink and are like think that's what beer is supposed to taste like, even at times, because it almost is. Tangent, it's like right up against some beer, like common beer flavors, but it's skunked mm. beer. Yeah. Skunky skunky. Stuff. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Skunky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Damn you. Like, <laughs> I, you know, that wasn't going to be my number three, but it is my number three. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> I need to reflect upon something I said about an hour ago earlier on this um, yeah. podcast that we were, I was saying like, not, not all of these flavors are always bad in every uh-huh. You know, situation. But what we've been talking about, other than butter, which is good in butter <laughs> and in croissants and all that, with these we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. These are these are not real pleasant flavors. So just know that there are other off flavors yeah. that are sometimes enjoyable in some beers. But things like paper, uh, you know, we don't want that. We don't want metal in our beer, things like that. So skunk, who likes skunk? Raise your hand if you like skunk. Okay, not the best flavor. It, it is part of the pro, the flavor profile of uh, a lot of marijuana. So if you like dank IPAs or dank beers, so dank being slang for marijuana, I think it's funny. I, I talk about this stuff. I teach classes to uh, a lot of an older generation sometimes too. And they're like, so dank means like cellar, like musty, <laughs> oldie. Like dank, not man. really. Uh, craft beers really run with dank as far as a reference for cannabis. But uh, yeah, you can get some skunkiness um, and some of that like, resiny garlicky uh, stuff like that out of some american hops and some 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 american ipas celebrate that but most of the time you don't want skunk in your beer and it is often all too often the result of um, a process we call light striking or a beer becomes light struck what happens is 
um, UVA rays, UVB rays, and blue rays. So that, that spectrum of the light spectrum. Um, so that can come from sunlight, it can come from incandescent light, old school light bulbs. It can also come from fluorescent light, especially like in a refrigerator, a refrigerated cooler at a, at a liquor store or something like that. These um, uh, light sources will penetrate through brown glass very slowly or green glass very quickly or clear glass like instantaneously um, and irradiate some yeah. of the uh, isomerized uh, um, alpha acids. So, so some of the, some of the hop molecules in the beer that, that make the beer bitter, they irradiate them and then break off free radicals that end up smelling like they're the same molecule that are in the family of, you know, thiols that are in skunk perfume. So it's an unfortunate thing. That was one of the things that really stood out when I was like studying like the certified beer mm. server exam. Like mm. a lot of stuff was stuff. Oh, I kind of knew that yada yada. And I knew light wasn't good for beer. But one of the things that's stressed and one of the things that now like I'm very aware of is mm. how quickly something yeah. can become light. Just how quickly a Corona bottle. Yeah. yeah. You know, that clear bottle. It's minutes. Well, like, or a beautiful beer that you just poured yourself. Yeah, or anything you poured. Yeah, it just is into it's a glass so fast. or maybe into a red solo two, cup. Two things I have outside. to say. Two things I have oh, to say. Well, you're drinking out of your red solo cup outside, and the, the red solo cup protects it from light from the side, but the sunlight gets right in through the top of the beer and can skunk it outside, regardless of what beer it is. Well, it first, thing, first I want to say, if you drink, if you drink, if you drink with Rich, especially d- during the times of COVID where you need to be outside, Rich is always thinking about this. Oh. You will literally be sitting there drinking. He's like, yeah, Larry, you're in the light. Move your beer out of the light. Really? Have we talked about this, Larry? Oh. I'm embarrassed. No, we were in Arizona. Remember we were in Arizona? And we, oh, in Arizona. We were in Arizona. We went to go watch a Bears game, and we were kind of mm-hmm. outside, and there was like heavy-duty sunlight. We were like, should we move? Whatever. And we were like, no, we should stay here. <laughs> to the point, we were just ordering different beers. And trying. He's like, Larry, Larry, your beer's in the light. Move it out of the light. <laughs> <laughs> move it out of the light. And so he's, he's always that. attuned to this. That's interesting. So that's the first thing I want to say. But the second thing, you know, like I, I bartended, or, or I didn't bartend for the full nine years, but I, I worked in a bar for nine years, and it's amazing that, like, you know, all this beer is probably skunk that you're selling because, oh, yeah. you know, you're opening this, you know, you, we, I, you know, a, a bar back for such a long time, and you're stocking this stuff up, and, you know, even if you open it and it's coming open, that light is, like, just hitting these bottles like Mm -hmm. instantly so i similar to you when i first had a conversation with rich about it he started letting me know oh yeah this is why they build the six packs this high to block this to block the cardboard carrier the cardboard carrier it it blew my mind and like how quick it can really just change the flavor you know what i mean but larry what's better than a cardboard six pack carrier to protect the beer from light um what's better i mean a can a can how about a can hello dodge city (laughs) <laughs> but also <laughs> I love <that> <laughs> uh, if you want to if you want to go with bottles that's fine but brown glass protects mm-hmm. the beer from 98% of those wavelengths of light whereas green glass protects it from 20% Wow, clear glass doesn't protect it at all so if you want to show off the clarity of your beer the color of your beer in clear glass like Corona does or MGD so t- look at those two different beers yeah Corona skunks if you look at it cross-eyed, okay, in 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 that clear glass. MGD does not. MGD Miller Genuine Draft doesn't skunk. It's because th- that beer is hopped with a an advanced hop product is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it's Row or um, there are a couple different hop products. One's called Row Iso 
Rho iso alpha, I think, Rho CO2 iso alpha or something like that. And it's like stabilized, it's skunk proof. Okay. So they, they do something in the in the lab to make it so that this hops product will add bitterness to, to the beer. And MGD doesn't have a lot of bitterness in it. Yeah. And it's stable from light so that it can be in that clear bottle. Okay. So it's like, you know, it's it's cool, good for them. Like but, it's a technological solution to that. But you know, then again, I think people who drink a corona expect yeah, that, the, skunk, the skunk becomes skunkiness. a part of the. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. a skunk is almost like a part of yeah, the beer like, flavor. Yes, mm-hmm. that's beer. So Corona also has cans. Mm. I think they're even on draft too, right? Are they on draft? So sure. if you have a can of Corona and you have a draft product of Corona, does it taste skunky? No, it's different from the bottle, but it's the same name to the beer. It's like two yeah. different beers, whether it's can or bottle. And I don't know how they deal with that. Heineken's the same way. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bex, uh, Stella, all these things in green glass. Well, you know, here's what's crazy. And I know we did a, a tasting not too long ago at Newcastle. And when I, was, when I was working in the bar, I would always say that my favorite beer was Newcastle in a bottle. And even mm. then, I knew that there was a difference. I would I would not have known how to articulate why, but I Newcastle draft was fine. I could drink it, but I just kind of loved Newcastle in a bottle because it mm-hmm. probably was skunked a little bit, unless it had that kind of thing in it that keeps it from skunking. Yeah, I don't know. The, the old Newcastle didn't have a lot of bitterness in it to begin with, but I'm sure, yeah. There's well, I'm just saying it was a clear glass, skunk. so, so yeah. it, it wouldn't have made a well, difference. You know, what, you know what we call it in the industry to what? make it sound nice? What? This is hilarious. It's fucking called import character. <laughs> Interesting. It's bullshit. Oh, it's like our nice way of character. saying skunky ass beers. <laughs> but, but, I'm, but I'm saying, I, me and my friends, we would always sit around and say, because we had Newcastle on draft and Newcastle on the bottom. I'm like, give me Newcastle on the bottle. But you're saying it probably didn't make that big of a difference. Well, it, it, I mean, it might have. It might have. I, yeah. I don't remember well enough. I, back when I was drinking it, I didn't, you know, I didn't pay attention to that stuff either. Yeah. But, Actually, this is a, a side note. I wanted to follow up with this. I never, I never talked on about on uh, liquid bread about me tasting Newcastle in England. Did I a, a couple months ago? So, so I had this like big embarrassing thing. How on the podcast we tasted Newcastle, and I actually couldn't find any in Montana the day I needed to get it. So mm-hmm. I just ran off memory of of what this stuff tasted like. You lied. And then, I, I lied. He did lie. Was, was he did lie. That's what, that's what a lie. That's the, that's the definition. Come on. There was some artifice. Um, <laughs> but uh, what's going on back there? You got, you got a microwave? Oh, Megan, we just got an air fryer, and Megan's going to town on the air fryer. She's hungry. <laughs> it's late. We were recording. <laughs> so sorry if everyone's hearing the, the old air fryer in the background. Uh, anyway, so um, I subsequently tasted. Oh, so you guys were drinking this stuff, and you were like, it's so much more bitter than Rich is saying, and you were polite about it, but. You're basically, you were completely right. The U.S. version of Newcastle is a lot more bitter now because it's being, so it's a Heineken-owned brand. Heineken yeah. also purchased Lagunitas. Lagunitas is now brewing Newcastle for the American market. And Lagunitas has revamped the recipe and brought in more bitterness. And I tasted Newcastle. I was excited to finally taste Newcastle again for the first time in 10 years when I was in uh, London recently. And I tasted it. I was like, oh, this is the old stuff. And it's a different batch of newcastle whether it's in the u.s uh versus the uk so it's brewed at a different brewery in the uk with the old recipe and i cannot fathom why they're okay with having two different beers two different recipes with the same beer name that just seems like a disaster however i did notice it was in the old clear glass and it tasted a little bit skunky and it was sour 
I was like, this is just like the worst oh, experience wow. for drinking this Newcastle. I'm so I'm still tr- trying to find the the stuff in America I to see, see the, the more bitter Lagunitas mm-hmm. version. Hmm. So I don't know, a little side note. I'm still feeling embarrassed that I didn't have the right facts. Did about you faked it and you lied to our listeners? Listen, so what, what was going to be my number three? I know, you, I know you're moving on no, to please, other yeah, ones. No, so no, what was going to be my number three before you said please, now penis, which is really my number three? Is and and I've I've uh, definitely tasted it in our tastings. Is the DMS? Yeah, good old DMS. The DMS. Oh, the DMS. The I don't think we need to say anything. But more. I don't know that it's. I don't know that I hate it. It's just. It just tastes like something is slightly off. Mm. Well, what is the DMS? Why don't you describe it for someone who's not looking at Rich's cheese? Vegetal. Right now. <laughs> Well, here's what I get. I get like a tomato soup, like a tomato-ish kind of soup, like a, a warm, yeah. thick tomato soup soup type of thing. But that's not, I, don't, I like tomato soup. <laughs> that's fine. Beer. This stuff is allowed in ketchup and tomato soup and sweet corn, you know, like corn, like corn on the cob. This is the flavor of cooked vegetables. It's also in seaweed. Not that most people eat a lot of seaweed, but if you eat nori, either nori crisps as snacks or like nori uh in your um sushi uh you'll smell it also um scallops have it like crazy who doesn't like scallops, oh, scallops, scallops. 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 everything you just favorite. mentioned i love scallops i love, seaweed, I love scallops thing. yeah um so dms what does it stand for rich dimethyl sulfide and it smells it's this compound that's that's shared among all these different all these different vegetables mm. and you know between well, corn isn't a vegetable; it's a grain, and tomato is not a vegetable; it's a fruit. So, and scallops are not a vegetable, <laughs> and seaweed is a seaweed a vegetable. Uh, Maybe it's a grass. I don't know. Regardless, uh, or it's an algae, right? Some seaweed is algae. No I don't know if all algae is seaweed. Anyway, um, yeah. So it's this it's this sulfury compound that just smells like all these different things, and I can't describe it other than just listing those foods. And mm-hmm. you're gonna have to, you know, reference all those different foods yeah. to see if you smell it. So in then what? Beer, but so so if I if I taste that, if I taste like this mm-hmm. corn, cabbage, tomato, vegetable like flavor, yeah. what happened to the mm-hmm. beer? What caused this? Who, uh, who, did, who do I blame? Who do I get mad at? Who do you blame? <laughs> who gets who gets the axe? Uh, it's it's common in German Pils malt. All right. So if you have a German Pilsner beer, it probably has been brewed with a high percentage of German Pils malt. It's hard to get away from it. Uh, and sometimes it's there a little bit. Sometimes it's there a, a, a lot, you know, and it, it irks me. As much as I love German Pilsners, there's some I don't prefer to drink because the DMS is higher. Oh, than they have I that feel like in a noticeable. Yeah. Oh, it's totally noticeable. Okay. And, and most people are accepting of it. You just don't know. You're like, oh, this is the flavor of this beer. And this is Corona tastes like skunk. And I'm, I'm okay yeah. with that, you know? And for, for what it's worth, Budweiser typically tastes like acid aldehyde. So you get a little bit of green apple note on Budweiser because it's kind of a rushed lager that they don't give the time for the yeast to, to reabsorb all that stuff. So these things are common in some, some beers. Um, with DMS, it's also produced through, to sort of make a long story short, sort of sloppy heat management. So there are some very hot portions of the brewing process um, during which DMS can be produced. And so during the boil, when you're ramping up to the boil, when you're cooling down after the boil, you have to do this that in the proper way. And so it's really, it's a brew house thing, technic- or for the most part. However, and this is not written about very often in most beer texts, but I guarantee it's true. I've looked it up as well. It's produced bacterially 
occasionally. And I get it in some beers uh, from large breweries that know how to boil their beer. They can do heat management just fine so that it's not in their fresh beers, but it ends up in their bottled beers that have, you know, getting a little long in the tooth. So aged bottled, aged bottled beers that happen to have this one type of bacterium in there can produce DMS. So there you go. I find anecdotally, most people are sensitive to either diacetyl or DMS. If you're sensitive to both, that's kind of rare. So if you get butter all over Mm. the place in your beers, you probably are special. I don't know. Probably (laughs) he's not special. There's, there's dime a dozen here because he gets one, not the other. Oh, he's, no, no. Are you getting DMS? I thought you were saying you don't get No, DMS I'm like, saying these are the top ones I get. I yeah, get the diacetyl, the DMS. I get the diacetyl, I get the DMS, and I get the um, the metallic. I mean, the, you got what it takes, buddy. You got what, you got what it takes, man. But here's the thing. When we when I first realized that I was attuned to it, I didn't know that it was an all-flavor. Like, we were right. we were talking about this beer, and I was, like, beer. I was like, oh, this is different than anything that I've ever tasted. But I was like... This taste, and it, it wasn't until the end where you were like, are you getting any kind of like tomato-y? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like I'm eating a tomato soup. But I, I didn't mm-hmm. know if that was like intended yeah, in the beer. Tomato. Like, cooked no, 100% cooked, to- mm-hmm. 100% cooked tomato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, canned tomato, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Larry, I apologize, man. I forgot about that. I, I thought that you, I always knew that you were so sensitive to DMS, but I had forgotten that, or sorry, to diacetyl, diacetyl, but I forgot that you were also sensitive to DMS. A lot of people are not sensitive to both, and so if you get butter, you might struggle to get corn or tomato. Yeah, I'll or say, I don't okay. think, I think I'm not sensitive to DMS. I think I'm pounding tomato soup flavored beer all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the opposite. I can smell. I can smell DMS. I get the know, butter walking by down the block. Uh, you know, but I, I I'll drink diacetyl pretty frequently. It's embarrassing. You know, DMS is it's common in a lot of beers at lower levels, and it's kind of accepted. It's kind of okay. High levels, you really don't want it. But if you're not sensitive to it, don't sweat it. I just have to think about what it was. But there was there was a couple things that we did. It was like uh, some kind of uh, – I'm saying specialty beers, not that all beers aren't special. But um, I'll, have to <laughs> think, I'll have to think about it. But I just remember being like, ah, okay, I've never tasted anything like this. And mm-hmm. ultimately feeling like, uh, yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh, that's exactly what that tastes like to me. So, well, hold on. Another thing, I think earlier you were talking about tomato and you said tomato broth instead of tomato soup. And okay. tomato soup is kind of shorthand for cooked tomatoes and that's DMS. But when you said broth, that reminded me of the fact that we've done a number of tastings on here where you guys have some imported beers that, you know, especially bottle conditioned imported beers like Belgian ones, I can't remember, you know, all the ones we've tasted, but, you know, things that have yeast in them still can undergo a process called autolysis. And when you guys are tasting them together in LA and I'm in Montana, we're drinking different, you know, it's literally the same brand of beer, but it's just different bottles. Okay. And so I've like tried to run through these tastings where it's like, oh guys, what do you smell? What do you taste? You know, what sort of fruits you get? What spices, all that stuff. And then, and Larry, you, you keep focusing on some of these earthy things and you can't quite put your finger on it. And then we wrap up the episode and then like a lightning bolt hits me. I'm like, oh, shit, we should have mentioned on the on the episode, Larry, you're probably getting autolysis. Mm. And that is a brothy thing. It's like it's like savory, soy sauce, meaty, um, like meat broth, bone broth kind mm. of mm. thing. And that is common. And that happens um, primarily. The primary source of that is autolysis of yeast. And so if you have a lot of yeast in the beer, in the package, package being the bottle of the can, something like that, 
if the yeast ends up going dormant, that's fine. The yeast is stable, like from uh, you know the the biology of the of the organism, the life cycle of the organism. It's fine. But if it dies, it can become more fragile. It's not keeping its, the cell walls healthy, and rough handling, either just the agitation and shaking it up, and or heat and or other live yeast that's going through stress can consume the dead cells. And what happens is the cell walls rupture and they release a lot of the the innards of the of the cells sounds gross but they're come on these are tiny little itty bitty sure, single sure. cells and some of the stuff in the cells ends up tasting really umami-ish soy sauce mm. um, brothy and if you're british and like marmite or if you're australian and like vegemite you know that's that autolyzed yeast stuff that um uh or or like uh Nutritional yeast, I think, is what we call it in the states. Like, if you're if you're vegetarian or vegan, and you throw that stuff on your on your popcorn or something, and it's a seasoning, you know, it's this really savory umami kind of MSG substitute, and that is from autolyzed beer yeast, and that can happen inside the bottle on an aged or mishandled bottle of beer that has yeast in it. So, huzzah! <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my autolysis. Okay, so there, uh, so, so there are a lot of off. Like there's a lot of oh, there's technically a ton like a billion whatever yeah. there's a ton of off flavors but they're not always bad and yeah they're not always off in every but style I just, of but I just you know just for the interest of of time just what are there what are the other time. any What's other time? what are the other even like more common ones they might find just things to look out for so a big one a big interesting one that I, I find is um, well there, there are two that I want to mention one's isovaleric acid okay isovaleric I, I said it too fast at first isovaleric acid and that is something that is uh, typical from it's in hops. Okay. And it especially increases when the hops are aged or oxidized at all. Um, however, uh, just even using pretty fresh hops, they're, you know, 0.01% oxidized. You have a little bit of isovaleric acid in them. Um, if you brew a beer with them that has just tons and tons and tons of hops, you're eventually going to get enough isovaleric acid in the beer that it's going to be noticeable. And it smells like, it doesn't sound good. But, well, it's it's an off flavor. It smells like sweaty feet, sweaty socks, um, because in those instances, the bacteria that's on your feet uh, produce this thing as an off as a byproduct. Um, but it's also um, sort of in like aged cheeses. So Parmesan cheese has it. Uh, a lot of washed rind, aged, gooey, stinky cheeses um, smell like this. So keep an eye out for that in uh, a lot of hoppy beers. Um, it can be esterified, which is when yeast, especially Britannomyces yeast, um, brings it together with molecules of alcohol into something called ethoisovalerate, which smells like tutti frutti. Okay, so like mm-hmm. candied, perfumey, tropical fruit. Okay, so just because isovaleric acid on its own smells bad doesn't mean it doesn't. It can't be redeemed in certain we wild used, beers with Britannomyces. Okay, so keep that in mind. But the other one I, I definitely want to mention. Um, is uh, ethyl acetate. Okay. Mm. So ethyl acetate is... um, You say ethyl acetate a lot. Yes. Yeah. It's in a lot of beers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's in most beers. However, in most beers, it's below threshold. It's sub-threshold, so you can't really notice it. Um, When it gets above uh, threshold and you start to notice it, it typically smells like nail polish remover at high levels. Okay. That's the off flavor. In lower levels, it smells like pear like really ripe pears ripe plums it's this really kind of pleasant fruitiness but it's a little bit solventy at the same time and the higher levels the higher the levels go the more solventy it becomes and it eventually smells like nail polish remover and it is gross in a pilsner but it's what you want in a lot of 
sour beers, especially um, uh, oxidatively aged sour beers like uh, Duchesse de Bourgogne, um, the Duchess is what a lot of people call it, um, or Rodenbach Grand Cru. So these Flanders Reds um, have a lot of the stuff. And I really like it. I'm okay with it. Uh, it's also in balsamic vinegar. So if you like balsamic vinegar, you like salad dressing, <laughs> I have a friend that calls those salad dressing beers, uh, then that's, that's uh, ethyl acetate. And it's not always the end of the world but you don't want it in every beer. I'm just going to point out, this one sounds like, it's funny because some of these are like, oh, I could taste a little hint of that. On your list of uh, off flavors, you have one called Mer Captain. Yeah, Mer Captain's um, delicious. Yeah, I was going to say, the descriptors you've put, <laughs> sewer, natural gas additive, drain, rotting garbage, paper mm-hmm. mill, and quote, mm-hmm. asparagus pee. That just sounds like just your beer's fucked. Like you, like... As opposed to some of these are like, there's a hint of this. It sounds like you just got a really gross beer. So I'd say like, that is accurate. If your beer tastes like sewage, <laughs> I don't, sewage. I don't, unlike, you know, oh, a hint of green apple or a hint of ethyl, ethyl acetate. Or like, butter. Yeah, or butter. <laughs> I think you can be like, this is sewage. This is incorrect. This is it's not actually, a it's beer. pronounced sewage. Sewage. It's, uh, sewage. it's, it's, right. it's for the refined palate. <laughs> Yeah, there's some no, there's some clearly objectionable yeah. things. There's some disaster flavors that you don't want. Yeah. And mercaptan is very rare. It's a it's a, a bacterial byproduct, and if it's there, your beer's your beer's fucked. You don't <laughs> want it. <laughs> That's not a good beer. Yeah. Um. Then just last, are there any other like of these off flavors that we haven't touched on that are things to look out at, like a place, like that are affected by the lines? What I find all the time from dirty draft lines is a combination of diacetyl and one of two, maybe both acids. Okay. One is lactic acid and that's what we like in yogurt and, you know, slow made pickles and sauerkraut and kimchi. And the other is acetic acid, which is what is the primary, it's the primary acid in vinegar. Okay. So if your beer smells like vinegar and it's not supposed to, okay. Sour beers often smell like vinegar. They often smell like sauerkraut and yogurt and sourdough bread. Okay, but if you're not having a sour beer and it smells like vinegar, it smells like yogurt and sourdough and or butter, there's and you got it on draft, there's a really good chance to diacetyl okay. through dirty dirty draft lines. Exactly. So draft lines need to be cleaned every two weeks. Jesus. You don't clean them, stuff inside <laughs> builds up. I know. I just <laughs> say I just say Jesus because I, I mean I work yeah. in a bar and I probably would have been the person who was responsible. <laughs> For Bar back? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I yeah. probably was the person responsible for cleaning the lines, but no one ever said you need to clean the lines. Mm. And I can tell you, well, Larry, maybe the distributors did. To the, to the, I, I, listen, the I don't. The distributor didn't talk to me. I'm just trying to say, mm. and I'm not saying no names. But I'm just trying to say, them them lines did not get fucking cleaned. Mm. And I worked there for nine years. I mean, maybe they, maybe when we weren't there, they did. But Jesus mm. Lord. Well, I mean, I mean, this is also not fair, but I feel like. Some of these, some of these things are. I feel like I'd be harsher on a brewery if I tasted some of these things sure, than, than sure. if I tasted the them at like the rant. Yeah, like and, and, no. and that's one thing. Like I think one hundred percent. Rich, you're good with like you have like it's the expectations of like oh this place is a beer bar or it's a brewery or it prides itself on its beer pairings with the food or that sort of stuff. There's an expectation that but, I'm like oh well, you places, are really not. There's places that call themselves in. gastro pubs and they might not be sure. a brewery and they're like hey we have great you should be cleaning your lines every two. Oh, weeks. they should. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm not going to be as harsh. I think. Sometimes I mean, I listen, you're not gonna go to a dive bar and be like, your lines are, I mean, come on, that doesn't make any (laughs) sense. But if you pride yourself in like, hey, we have tons of beers on draft, you should be making sure you're serving Mm -hmm. them. You absolutely should. In the best way. However, as a consumer, to be be an educated consumer, I think there's a bit of um, judging a place before you walk through that door and being okay with certain things Mm -hmm. 
when you walk through some doors and not being okay with those things when you walk through other doors. So if I'm, you know, at an Irish bar at the airport, you know, I know what I'm getting into. Sure. And if I, if my beer is a little off, you know, yeah. Boo hoo. Of okay? course, was, of course, of course. No one's saying that. Yeah. 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 But I'll tell you but, this, Rich, I'll tell you this, how you've, how you've really, really jacked me up. Ruined you. Yeah. You've ruined me. I was at, I was at, I'm not going to name the place, but I was at a place ordered a draft and the pour was terrible it was terrible i mean terrible to the sense where like the spout went into the glass well, that's that's one i was gonna say i i noticed when they stick the spout in the when glass the spout went into the glass <laughs> and like you know because they because they're thinking i don't want any head on my beer but like no head mm-hmm. on the beer is good um mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I used to, I mean, I used to do that too. Larry, <laughs> just to, to, to control the message a little bit, that's, you're playing a spectator sport at that point. You know, you can sort of watch the bartender and see how they're doing things. Check the, check the hygiene and the, the technique of the pour. It's not necessarily going to make, it's not going to for sure make the beer taste like crap. Okay. What you, what you just mentioned there, but you can tell, tell some other things like maybe, there's a lot of foam coming out at the start of no, the pour. No, that, wasn't, really that wasn't it. I have a podcast called Liquid Bread. If I come to your bar, <laughs> do not stick my glass. See all there's layer Do not layer stick my glass mm-hmm. into No, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm playing. Listen, listen. No, I, you're right. I'm you're not right. tripping. I'm not tripping. I'm just saying, here's the thing. Here here's the thing. I am I'm totally easy. Like I'm easy breezy, but I I will say that I will notice it and be like, yeah. "Oh man. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm mm-hmm. still going to drink it, but Okay, cool. The big well, gulps. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like there's a, there's a beer bar in West Hollywood. I won't name it, but if you're in West Hollywood, you probably will know which one I'm talking about. But it's it prides itself on being a beer bar and they I have noticed since I took the dumbass certified <laughs> beer server exam, which broke my brain, I have noticed them having a lot of issues with the way they pour their beer, including dunking that, you know, spigot, the faucet right in mm-hmm. that beer and stuff like that when they shouldn't. I don't know if you pride yourself on having like the selection of beer that is unique. If you pride yourself on on like being a beer bar, that's a different thing. One dude called me out on it when I used to um, uh, bartend Uh and he's like, you just cesspooled that, man. <laughs> Will you please pour me another one and not stick that in there? And at the time, wow. I remember, and at the time, I remember being like, it's "Real nice." I remember like, the, I remember like, "Who the fuck?" Are, okay, I'll pour it. <laughs> and then you're, and then Rachel came up and was like, "This is Rich. He's he's my brother-in-law." <laughs> yeah, and then that just jacked me completely up. But there's so much to know, and there's so much misinformation from big breweries to, that you know you pay for marketing and try to make your beer look as good as possible, but you don't always tell the full story about sure. it. Sure. And you malign other breweries and twist the truth and all that stuff. So it's hard to get the right information. You know, you're not alone. I I had all sorts of bad information when I was, you know, when I was just start, starting to get into beer. So yeah, it's hard to, it's a serious learning curve. And a lot of people at the end of the day just get exhausted with trying to learn it all. Sure. And they just want to drink some beer. So there's nothing wrong no, with just having right. fun. You just want to drink. Just want to drink. Just want to drink. That about does it for off flavors. Yeah. Rich, are you uh, taking a selfie? Did you take a picture of us? You getting us? Phoebe, Phoebe's texting. She's That's nice. That's good. Your wife, we're gonna wrap up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, you gotta do that. That's good. She's My like, wife still doing that. Soon. On that note, uh, yeah, happy that, beer. Uh, no, 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 we're not doing that. I have the card ready. I have the card oh, ready. God. I have the card ready. Okay, it's not happy bearing. I'm gonna do it with like outro, all the enthusiasm I that outro, it deserves. I have the outro tag right in my hand. I'll hand it to Larry in a second. Um, that's it for Liquid Bread Podcast. Um, check us out on Twitter at Liquid Bread Pod. 
Pod. Email us liquidbreadpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you have any questions about off flavors or anything like that, or you know, just any subjects and stuff like that, we really appreciate it. Um, rate us on iTunes or wherever you can rate a podcast. It always helps to have positive uh, reviews. I don't know. I've, I've, if you, if you watch, if you have kids, have them watch Teen Titans Go because I think most of my episodes that I've written are out now. Uh, Larry, do you have anything going on? Not a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're still in the pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, Rich, I have a podcast called Liquid Bread oh, Podcast. Sounds I good. Think it's a damn fine podcast. I bet it has great outros. Thanks <laughs> oh, so man, much sure for listening, ready. everybody. That's why people listen. And until next time. <laughs> until next time. Get busy bearing or get busy dying. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. That's a really good one. Wow. We we gotta keep her. Yeah.